Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. If you've been walking with God for some time now, then I'm sure you have come across the teaching, the concept, the reality, the dynamic, the experience of a surrendered life before God. There are countless of books within Christendom addressing this posture that we ought to have before our God. After all, God is God. He is sovereign. He is preeminent. He is king and he is Lord. That makes me his subject. That is, I am subject to his will, his agenda, his interests, his purposes. And therefore, it is required of me then to calibrate my inner man, my mind, my life, my actions. My entire spirituality needs to be one of surrender before the Lord. And so I have a question for you today. What is the spirituality behind those words that we so often say to the Lord? I surrender. What actually has to take place in the spiritual makeup of my person, the inward condition of my being? What happens there with the words, I surrender all? Andrew Murray, the 19th century South African preacher, wrote a fantastic book called Absolute Surrender, and he addresses in that work what the outward manifestations of a surrendered life should look like. But today I want to go a little bit mystical with you, if you will. That is, let's lift up the hood of the car and let's unpack the engine and let's look into the very core of that engine and see if we can ascertain what is actually the nuts and bolts of the words I surrender all. Well, to explore this concept of surrender a little bit more, we have to turn to the mystics within Christendom. People such as John of the Cross there in Spain, Teresa of Avila in Spain, Michael de Molinos in France, people like Francois Fenelon or Madame Jean Guillon, or even a little bit earlier there in Italy, Francis of Assisi. There have been these men and women throughout Christendom that grappled with the internal condition of the words, I surrender. And in their words, they call it the prayer of death, as it were. In other words, when I surrender in an issue before God, what we're basically saying is, Lord, I do not have energy in this issue. I don't have ingenuity or creativity. I cannot overcome in this issue. I've got nothing to contribute. There's no amount of information that's going to help me, no amount of discipline to 
break through, to overcome, to fix, to transform, to change in this particular issue. And so what really happens within the core of my being when I say, Lord, I surrender, is basically I'm saying, God, I am dead. I'm as good as dead towards this and that issue. I have noticed in my own spiritual life with God that I do not really take the posture of a dead person pertaining to a certain issue. Often when I use the words, I surrender, very frequently I have every intention of overcoming in this situation. For instance, there is a boulder in front of me, there is a wall, there is a dead end, and by way of metaphor, it is a person or an issue or a weakness in my life. It's an addiction. It's a... It's, a, it's an issue that plagues and torments me. And I need breakthrough. I need overcoming in this issue. And so I work to push against this boulder, to climb against this wall, to figure out, should I go left and right at this particular juncture? Or how do I uh, overcome this issue? I've noticed that often I only include God as an aid to my intentions to overcome. It's as though I petition the Lord, I call upon the Holy Spirit, I use the name of God, but it's really all on me to overcome this situation. And so I need wisdom from God. I need uh, power from God. I need the Holy Spirit from God so that I can push against this boulder. I can overcome this person, this negative situation, what I'm saying is, is that even though I use the words, Lord, I surrender, I need you, Jesus help, Jesus take the wheel, inside, if I'm honest, the emphasis is still on me doing the work. God is a welcomed addition, and it's as though he's an aid but I'm not really walking away from the situation, dying to the situation, and completely relinquish it to the Lord's care. No, I'm too smart for that, or shall I say, I deceive my own heart. And so what I do is I often use God's name, the work of the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit to as it were, bring strength to my inability. The emphasis is, I'm going to overcome this. And so if God can only help me a little bit, then I will eventually push against this boulder, scale that wall, take the left or take the right, and overcome in this situation. Beloved, that is not what the prayer of surrender is all about. That is not what the prayer of death is all about. If I can, in a way, paraphrase the mystical writings of bygone eras when it comes to this issue of surrender, it is simply this. To surrender is to be 100% convinced that I personally 
and to have no involvement with this issue, not even with God's aid. Now listen carefully, lest you misunderstand. The real prayer of surrender, the real prayer of death, is to actually have no intention to push against that boulder, no intention to even see that boulder move, no intention to give energy and thought to that boulder in your life. Now, now hear me. Of course, the Lord said we should speak to the mountain and it will be cast into the ocean. I get that. But I'm talking about the inward posture and calibration of surrender. That is, Lord, I have nothing to offer this situation, this person. Lord, I declare myself to be dead with regards to this issue. It's as though I take upon myself the cross and I'm not coming down from this cross. I'm not going to rescue. Even though I ask God, where are you? And maybe I can ask on the cross, Lord, come to my aid or come to my rescue. The prayer of surrender, the prayer of death is to say, I'm dying to this situation. I accept failure in it. I accept, as it were, uh, a dead end in it. I accept that in a way there's no breakthrough to this. Lord, I am an Isaac on the altar and I'm willing to die to this situation. Beloved, what I often do is I use spiritual jargon to still keep me as the center in this situation. And so I would quote the Bible. I would call upon the Lord, like I said just a minute ago. I would do everything for God as it were to be an aid to me so that I address the situation. And very frequently then I get the glory. I get the attention. I have to tell the story. That is not true surrender. When you truly surrender according to the mystical thought, it's much akin to Romans chapter 6, where Paul says that we have been baptized into the death of Christ. That is, we've been baptized. We've got nothing to offer God spiritually. We've got nothing to offer this world. We're only fit for one thing, in a way, the execution of our own person. And that's what baptism represents is the death of my own person, genuinely the surrender of my own person. I've got nothing to offer God, nothing to offer this world. I'm as good as dead. Baptize me. That is, bury me. That is what the posture of surrender is all about. I have the opportunity of knowing a lot of men in my life and when I fellowship with men and we are in a trusted, safe fellowship, uh, very regularly the addictions of men uh, come to the forefront. And when we ask, how long have you been wrestling in this particular bondage, this stronghold or this addiction, uh, many folk would say for decades, for years and years and years. We would often ask, then, what are you doing about it? Well, I'm fasting. I am praying. 
I'm memorizing scripture. I'm incorporating new disciplines into my life. I'm learning to wake up. I'm learning to call on the Lord. I'm learning to apply the, the blood of Jesus. And after decades, we still do not overcome in this issue. We have not pushed that boulder aside. We have not scaled that hurdle, that wall. We have not made a, a transformative a choice to the left or, or to the right. And so surrender is still just sort of a, a thing on our tongue, but it's not really an issue that have transpired within our being. That is, I cannot overcome in these situations. And beloved, after decades and decades and decades, if you're still not free or living the overcoming life, then that proves you still have not fully surrendered or died to the situation. So what would it look like for a man to die, let's say, to a particular addiction or a hurdle? I know it's a process. Don't get me wrong. I'm just addressing the issue of the spirituality of surrender. So many of us as men, or shall I even say believers in God, be ye male or female, Jew or Gentile, it's as though God is only an aid to me to deal with the situation. See, I'm still very much involved. I am going to address this addiction. I am going to form a new habit. I am going to get control of my life to overcome in this or that with this person or that issue. And yet we quote verses like, be still and know that I am God in Exodus 14, where the Lord told Moses, uh, I will fight for you. You should hold your peace. We quote verses like Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit. But beloved, if we truly die, truly say to the Lord, I cannot form a new habit. I cannot overcome this habit. In fact, I'm going to expend no more energy to think about this, plot against this, strategize against this. Let's say even uh, put in spiritual disciplines to, to, to fixate on this issue. If we truly die, we would say genuinely to God, I can't overcome. I don't intend to overcome. Lord, I am useless in connection with this issue. Beloved, something will happen when that's our inward calibration. Now, don't get me wrong. Just listen. I know we have responsibility. I know we have choices. I know we have to walk out with wise counsel, certain spiritual principles. I believe that, I do that, I teach that. Yes, I know it's a process. Beloved, I'm just addressing, are you still in the equation? Or have you come to that place where you can say, God, I'm taking myself out of this equation. I am useless here. God, this one is on you. This boulder, this wall, this dead end, this junction, this issue, this problem. God, I'm taking myself out of this. Truly, not my might, not my power. You're not just a, a crutch to me. You're not just an aid to me. I'm taking myself, I'm dying 
bury me, baptize me. I'm, I'm walking away from this. I'll give it no more thought, no more energy, no more emotion. I am done with this. I accept that I cannot overcome. I accept that I am a failure. I accept, Lord, that I've got nothing to give with respect to this issue. Beloved, something will happen to you, and I'm going to cover that in just a minute. But when you die with this posture of being good for nothing, for the first time you open up the doors for grace to come into your life with regards to this issue. For the first time, you're probably opening up the door to supernatural divine intervention. And for the first time, you're giving the power of resurrection something to work with. Okay, so as long as you and I are still in the equation regarding this issue, you're not giving the power of resurrection uh, leeway, an opportunity to resurrect this issue. And that's why as men, as women, we often don't see the power of God. We often don't see divine intervention we don't see how grace just lifts us and, and 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 does it for us and our weakness actually becomes a gateway for supernatural power and grace as long as we are in the equation but first i want to reference a psalm in the old testament for you i call it the psalm of death and in this psalm, I think you're going to get the heartbeat of what the prayer of surrender, or if we can call it, the prayer of death is all about. If you study the Psalms carefully, you will notice that there is quite frequently a wounded David, and he is asking God to help him. You'll notice that he is still very much in the equation. So he wants God to do something about the situation um, for David's benefit, let's say, or he needs strength from God so that he can tackle this or that particular issue. But you'll notice that he is still very much in the center and a part of the equation. Until you come to Psalm 116, which is this interesting psalm on the death of the saint. But then, beloved, here in verse 15 is this remarkable sentence of death. And he says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And that's why we call this the psalm of death. The prayer of death, you know, he cried out to God for deliverance. And of course, the Lord has been very gracious to him. The Lord has been very, very good to him to restore him to the land of the living. But something actually happened to the psalmist in the process as he's warring this issue and fighting this issue and trying to overcome this particular issue. Somehow his soul died. 
somehow he got to that place of absolute surrender. And we know that he didn't die physically. Okay? He didn't actually go to the realm of Sheol or Hades in Greek, the, the realm of the dead. We know that this is a solical thing that took place. This is what has to happen to you and I in our spirituality as we walk with God and we come to these issues where we need to surrender. That is, um, inside the calibration says, I cannot, I choose not to, I, I, I will not, I am going to just, I'm dying to this situation. And the psalmist had that mystical experience of soul death. I'm good for nothing but crucifixion, but burial. Precious in the sight of the Lord, verse 15, is the death of his saints. Well, there you have it. That's that. That's what surrender is. It's not a song. It's not just a, a theological concept. It's not just a kind of a prayer. It's, a, it's an inward calibration. Lord, in this issue, I'm as good as dead. If you've earnestly prayed the prayer of death and have genuinely calibrated your inward man to be useless in the situation, then you are, as it were, positioning yourself to see the hand of God intervene directly in the situation and, of course, also with you. So many of us do not see the power of God. You know, we go to other countries and then we say, oh, wow, we see the power of God there. But why is the power of God not with us in our country or in our village? Beloved, it's because we've not prayed the prayer of death because we think we can do something about the situation. We think we can stand against the Egyptians, let's say. But it's only God who can open up the Red Sea. And you know the story, of course, they were in a wadi there in the Sinai Peninsula, and they had the Egyptians behind them. They had mountain ranges to their left and their right, and they had the Red Sea in front of them. They were genuinely at a dead end. They were genuinely uh, between a rock and a hard place. There was no way for them to do anything about the situation. And it's in that surrendered condition, that calibration of inward death, you remember how Jesus even said the very first beatitude there in Matthew 5 is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of the heavens. It's when we genuinely become impoverished, then God can intervene into the situation. And then you're opening up through death the doorways to resurrection. And this immense spiritual dynamic called grace. Why can you and I not form new habits? Why can we not overcome this issue or the, the situation? It's because we are not supplied with grace. And grace only comes to the humble. 
Surely you remember 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, that says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Well, the proud man is just somebody who thinks he can still do something about it, even with the aid of God. You know, that's kind of like the, um, the Pharisee who is going to do something good and avoid evil, and all the while with the aid of God. But the emphasis is still on him interacting with the doing good and him avoiding the evil. And, and God is just, as it were, a little help for him to overcome. And that, that is the pride of life. Beloved, you cannot overcome this situation until you accept your own execution, annihilation. And surely that's what you meant when you got water baptized when you did. You know, we don't get baptized to join a particular uh, church denomination. We don't get baptized to, to get a name. We get baptized to, in a way, die to our own ability. We get baptized because we're useless. And so what do you do with dead people, so to speak? You bury them. And that's what you and I should have intonated with our baptism. Lord, I cannot live in this world for you. I cannot overcome. I cannot do good. I cannot avoid evil. Lord, I, I'm good for nothing. I accept my execution, my crucifixion. And Paul would say in Romans 6 that if we died with him, then we will also live with him. And beloved, you make no room in your life for resurrection power if you cannot come to the end of yourself. Let me tell you how grace worked in my life, the power of resurrection at one time. When I started Legacy School of Discipleship, we needed a full-time campus so that I could stabilize the ministry and, as it were, intensify the ministry. And we just did not have the adequate funds to buy any property or build anything for that matter. Another man graciously allowed us for years and years to use his property, but somehow I just knew that we had to have our own property. And I began to look in my own strength for land. And uh, in North America, land uh, real estate is rather uh, expensive. And I would pray prayers like, Lord, help me. Lord, lead me. Oh, Lord, would you just move on my behalf? But then I would go out and look for land. And of course, there's something to be said for being diligent and putting feet to our faith and for responsibility. But in my inner man, it was all on me. But of course, the Spirit of God needs to help me and aid me in the process. And so for three years, I was looking for land. And it eventually came to... Um, an intensity where I got so frustrated that God is not helping me. He's not aiding me, supporting me, supplying me. 
But beloved, it's because it was all on me. And I got to a stage where one day I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to climb in my car. Please take the steering wheel and lead me to this property. Like, Lord, you help me to this property. And that particular Saturday, I was driving around the region looking for land. and I was just hoping God was going to magically lead me to this property. But beloved, in all honesty, I was striving I was not resting in the Lord, waiting for him to open up the Red Sea. Well, the Lord never led me to a property. I never felt the steering wheel turn left and right to this perfect property to build a school. And I had an encounter with God of absolute surrender. I had a vision where I actually waved a white flag on the battleground and the striving of my own flesh before God. And I just said, Lord, I die to this situation. And I'm going to stop looking for land. I'm not going to think about land. Lord, I'm dead to the search for land, to the picturesque property of my dreams. And beloved, I had a genuine death encounter with God. Well, when you do, and when I did, you as it were, begin to crack the door for grace to take over, for resurrection to take over. And that's exactly what happened to me. Two weeks later, um, folk invited me to a lake house that sits on a magnificent lake and a big property that they had just purchased and a lake house that they had just renovated. And they invited my wife and myself and our children over for a couple of burgers on a particular weekend. And as we visited with these people, whom we hardly knew at the time, eating a hamburger, they asked us to share with them a little bit more about the school. But I can tell you, I was dead regarding property, dead regarding the school. I, I had no passion. I, I had no elevator spin or speech, if you will. I mumbled a couple of words to these people, and they were so touched by my mumbling that the man and the woman on the spot gave us that property with a brand new lake house fully furnished. And beloved, overnight, my wife and I inherited a gorgeous property on a magnificent lake where we've managed to build a school, where we host our ministry, where we host our retreats, and where I now live full time. It all came about because the prayer of death became my reality. How precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saint. I experienced what the mystical writers taught about regarding this issue of surrender. Beloved, God is just waiting to unleash grace into your life. Not only grace that saved you, but grace that is gonna supply and supernaturally accomplish for you in this moment. But you're not giving grace a chance as long as you're a part of the equation. So that's what it means to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's what it means to, to to let go and let God, as we say, that's what it means to hold your peace and let God fight for you. That's what it means to surrender. Can I ask you, in this bolder, 
this wall, this dead end, this issue, this situation? Have you removed yourself from it emotionally, even physically? Have you embraced your death? Can I ask you, have you prayed genuinely the prayer of surrender, the prayer of death? I encourage you to do that. When you come before the Lord in the secret place, earnestly say to the Lord, I am dead in this issue. And if you're the Isaac, put yourself on the altar and watch what happens. Have you prayed the prayer of death? <laughs>